Welcome to the Sabatu Mansare journey. I'm your host, Sabatu Mansare, a Muslima, a woman's empowerment devotee, a physician assistant, and a woman who will never say I can't, but rather a woman that would say, let me show you. Join me as I dive deep into faith, empowerment, unity, global health, our beloved mother Africa, and yes, chic, modest, Muslima fashion topics delivered to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes every Tuesday. Welcome to our inaugural episode. This episode is the scene setter for this platform. I will briefly touch on who I am, highlight future episodes, and talk about the Sabatu Mansare Journey platform. Once again, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Sabatu Mansare Journey. I am your host, a Muslima, a retired United States Army officer, a former White House physician assistant and tactical medical officer to President Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden, a former military aide to two vice presidents of the United States, former director of advance for Vice President Mike Pence, and former senior executive and assistant director for public health at the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy. I served 23 years in the United States Army, and I did two tours to Iraq. I was born to two Sierra Leonean parents. I grew up in Sierra Leone and relocated to the United States at the age of 19. And within six months, I was off to the Army's basic training in South Carolina. Now, joining the military was the best decision I have ever made. And becoming a physician assistant was the second best decision I have made professionally, as I strongly believe that without that skill set, I would never have had the opportunity to work at the White House. I am deeply grateful for my military service and the 10 years of both military and public service at the White House, as I have learned very valuable skills and lessons that have left an indelible imprint on my life, an experience that absolutely to this day is still very surreal to me. Now, while I have not delved into the sacrifices of all these prestigious roles I was blessed to fill, it's important to know that with success comes a lot of sacrifice. And the question that we must all ask is, what are we willing to sacrifice? Why would we sacrifice at all? And when is enough enough? Well, I am mentally at the last question. When is enough enough? And for me, it is now. See, for a girl that grew up in a country that lacked the basic necessities, for a girl that hated every second that my older sister and I had to go and fetch water to fill the two 55-gallon drums in our backyard, for a girl that walked a few miles home from school every day, for a girl who used a kerosene lamp to study every night, for a girl that only saw a doctor one time throughout her childhood because routine healthcare visits was not the norm in Sierra Leone. For a girl that did not have a woman of influence in the society as a role model. For a girl that grew up in a society where our youth, we were not prioritized. For a girl that was heading to school one morning but was turned around shortly and abruptly and then heard a military officer for the first time on the radio and seeing the concern in my father's eyes that I had to ask what that meant. For a girl that woke up one day as a teenager and the town of McKinney where I lived was filled with displaced citizens due to the war. For a young woman to wake up on 5 September 1997 to learn that my aunts had died from the complications of childbirth and had left behind five children and a husband. 
And now as a woman, I continue to see that same girl in other young girls in Sierra Leone today. So every day for the last 10 years that I have entered the White House complex, I cannot help but be grateful to God. And now I cannot sit by while another young girl tells this same narrative when she becomes an adult. It is time for me to take all the results of the many sacrifices, skills, and passion to be of service back to Sierra Leone and contribute to building the community that I grew up in, to give back and empower a young woman so that she can dream and chase that dream at all costs, despite the many sacrifices she's going to have to make along the way, despite her environment." I also want to collaborate with so many brilliant minds on addressing and combating Sierra Leone's maternal mortality crisis. As someone that has worked on public health issues at the White House on addressing America's addiction crisis, I am more than prepared to tighten up my hijab and join forces with others on addressing Sierra Leone's crisis as well. Now, God willing, there are a few folks from Sierra Leone listening to this episode, and I'm sure you have lost or know someone that has lost a mother, that has lost an aunt, a cousin, a sister, or a friend to complications from childbirth. And just like America's drug addiction crisis, Sierra Leone's maternal health crisis is the entire country's problem, and we need all hands on deck to save lives. Now, that means you. That means me, the federal and local government community and religious leaders, pioneers, innovators, NGOs, educators, women, and yes, we need you too, men. If you're in any way connected to a woman of childbearing age, you should be the loudest voice in the room. Now, let me set the stage on this global health issue. Now, worldwide, 830 women die each day from the complications of childbirth, and it's estimated that 300,000 women die each year. Now, unfortunately, Sierra Leone is leading the pack in the number of deaths women face and encounter during childbirth. In Sierra Leone, 1,360 women out of 100,000 live births die from childbirth and its associated complications. In Nigeria, 814 out of 100,000 die. In Liberia, 725 die. And in Ghana, 313 out of 100,000 die. But interestingly, as we move towards the developed countries, the numbers reduce dramatically. In Finland, 3 out of 100,000 live births die. In Belgium, 5 out of 100,000 die. In the UK, 7 out of 100,000 die. And in the United States, 21 out of 100,000 die. No woman should die from childbirth despite where she lives or her economic or literacy status. Maternal mortality is not only a woman's issue or an African problem, it is a global health problem. Now, as you ponder on the statistics and are probably making assumptions on why this is a problem and how you can be part of the solution, I want you to ask yourself this, if not us, then who? And if not now, then when? All of us that are waiting for others to lead the charge on change, as you wait for more mothers to die, as you wait for it to hit your family, as you wait and wait and wait, well, let me remind you of something. If you change nothing, then nothing will change. Now, while I'd like to take credit for that simple but very impactful statement, it actually comes from Tony Robbins. 
So listeners, ask yourself, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? And as Africans, we should not want people doing it to us or for us, but we should want folks that want to do it with us. Let's tackle this and so many other crises that the continent faces together as we are stronger together. And to make impactful change, we need to focus on what we want our future to look like and not overly dwell on the past or cast blame. In the words of Mark Twain, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. I want to spark that innovative, creative, passionate, activist, enthusiastic, motivated side to all of us. And this show will highlight and discuss how we as individuals Communities, citizens, and leaders can influence and affect change because none of us are too small or too big or too important or unimportant to lead the charge on change, especially the change that saves lives, that educates, that provides freedom, that does away with disparities and inequalities, that creates opportunities for our youth so that they can be productive members of society and be better adults and leaders than we are. Now, through unity and shared passion to improve our communities, we can all make a difference. Now, let's talk about the platform. The Sabatu Mansory Journey is a podcast and blogging platform born out of the significant adversity I faced with the loss of my father in April 2019. Now, through this adversity, Alhamdulillah, Allah returned me back to Islam, and I pray for His continued guidance and steadfastness upon His deen. See, I was born and raised as a Muslim, but somewhere along the way, I became part of the busyness of this world, and I prioritized so many other things over my faith. Now, while I did not let go of my faith altogether, I was definitely not on the straight path. I did not offer my obligatory five daily prayers. Sometimes I fasted during Ramadan, and sometimes I'd get started, and I'd quit somewhere in the month. And I did not read the Quran every day, and I didn't prioritize zakah or charity. I also was not a modest Muslim, and I did not wear the hijab. Now, this almost maybe kind of sort of sounds like I was a bad Muslim, And probably my life back then is similar to quite a few of you today as you're listening to this episode. But God willing, this platform will serve as a reminder and an encouragement to you and I. Sadly, it took the loss of my father for me to truly submit to Allah's will. And every day, I strive to be a better Muslimah for the Akira. Every day, I strive to be a better daughter to my mother. And every day, I strive to be a better Muslim mother to my children. See, struggling the path of Allah is expected of us. And one struggle that most of us face every day is the jihad al-nafs. And this is the struggle against one's very self. The struggle within our own minds as it relates to our worldly desires, our egos, our struggle to wake up for our early morning prayers, our reasons not to fast in Ramadan, our difficulty resisting temptations such as alcohol and lust, yes. And, and Muslim women torn between wearing modest attire and fitting in with the culture and the, the people around them to include concerns in wearing the hijab. We opt out of reading a few verses and learning the recitation of the Quran. And some of us 
Do not even go to the mosque to offer prayers outside of the Eid prayers. We tend to put everything off that is worthwhile for our faith in God to the next day, but none of us are promised tomorrow. So please, let's drive today in the path of God for tomorrow, meaning for the hereafter. Now, through my story and those of my amazing guests, I pray that our message touches the lives of people so that we can be inspired, encouraged, and informed on all things faith, empowerment, global health, and yes, our beloved Mother Africa. Now, while our topics will vary each week, faith will always remain a constant as this platform was born out of my renewed faith. And alhamdulillah for that. So now let's talk about what is on the horizon for the next few months. For starters, I have some amazing topics and guests lined up, and I'm going to give you a sneak preview. This is our kickoff month, and our topics will encompass faith and adversity. And I can't wait to share the stories and work of some pretty impressive guests. One who has faced significant adversity, and another whose journey to faith started at a very young age in Sierra Leone. And lastly, a West African brother from Ghana who runs an inpatient residential substance use disorder treatment program in Baltimore, Maryland. November is going to be dedicated to highlighting the work and passion of some inspiring guests. Our guests have prioritized the success of women and they embody women's empowerment. One of my guests is a very young woman prioritizing and promoting the success of women and women's rights through nonprofit work in Sudan. One is a senior leader in a male-dominant environment, and another is a Muslima, a professional basketball player representing our sister country, Guinea, who has multitasked between her committed work to women and children and her passion for basketball. December is about interfaith, health, and wellness. Now, God willing, we will air an episode and publish a blog every Tuesday. At the end of this episode, I'll share where and how you can access these intriguing stories and also where you can find me. And before I sign off, happy Physician Assistant Week to my fellow physician assistants out there that are doing amazing work and being an integral part of America's healthcare workforce. My dear friends, I pray that this episode has given you a little bit of insight to what this journey is and will be about. I would love to share the entire journey in this one episode, but where's the fun in that when you can just subscribe to the podcast and read my blog every Tuesday? Thank you all for tuning in to the show. If you want to learn more about what we talked about today, you can visit our website, sabatumansaray.com. If you like the show, please make sure to like and subscribe so you can get new episodes directly onto your phone. But let's keep the conversation going between episodes on Facebook at the Sabatumansaray Journey and the same on Twitter and Instagram. You can always find us there talking faith, resilience, empowerment, and our beloved Mother Africa. Thank you again for your support. See you back here next week.